Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Tuesday. It is the eve of training camp. But more importantly, we are only a few short hours away from the season debut of Packer Transplants Live. I'll be joining Corey Banke, who will be across the street from Lambeau Field, coming to you live from Green Bay, Wisconsin, as I am here in the podcast studio uh, in New York City. So close, people. We're so close to football season. I absolutely adore it. You know I love it. The other thing I love is talking with you fine folks, Packers fans around the world, because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We're de devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. And we want to make sure that if you so desire, you can see your beloved Packers in person throughout the 2023 season, which is why you need, I'm not saying you should, you need to utilize Ticket King, folks. If you want to watch the Green Bay Packers in 2023, head to cheeseheadtv.com, use our app, use our schedule on our website. Either one will get you to Ticket King, individualized links for each and every game. Don't use StubHub or SeatGeek or Ticketmaster. Use a company based in Wisconsin since the early 90s. You know you want to do it. You know you want to see the Packers. Support a local business while you do it. Use Ticket King. Do it, people. And hey, before the season starts, what you really need to do is get yourself the official 2023 yearbook of the Green Bay Packers. You can go to PackersYearbook.com and use promo code CHTV for 10% off. That's PackersYearbook.com, CHTV for 10% off. Do it, folks. You know you want to. The other thing I know you want to do is hear all about what was said at the podium today when Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst met with the assembled local media, I will admit it's the first time in many years that I have not been at the presser to open the season. And it was a little strange and it did hit me with, I got a little bit of FOMO. No, I'm not going to lie, but I know that mostly is going to disappear tomorrow when uh, they're back out there on the practice field and they're still in shorts and t-shirts. Um, look, I understand it. I'm not begrudging the NFLPA and the need or the desire for a ramp up period prior to the pads coming on. I understand it and I get it. And that's why for the first time in a long time, I'm not there for the beginning of camp. Uh, but when those pads come on, I'll be there and I'm really excited about it. Uh, but yes, Matt and Brian spoke with the media and I was pretty surprised at Matt's level of candor when he was asked about essentially the turning of the page and the fact that, you know, he, it would, he's always going to kind of brush aside or um, feign ignorance on the running his offense thing. Uh, but he pretty much admitted to the idea that it's a brand new day uh, due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else. And he even said, you know, it feels like my first year. It feels like, you know, we're back and, kind of resetting this thing. And hey, I was surprised at the candor, I have to admit. Um, but it was good to hear because it, it is essentially, you know, a re a reset, uh, a restart, if you will, especially with such a young group on offense. I'm excited. I'm excited to see with the experience that Matt has gained over the course of the last number of seasons since 2019 uh, to now basically drive the ship and be the face that uh, everyone will look to you know, and, and talk about and praise and or malign when things go bad, because Lord knows Aaron Rodgers got a lot of both, both of that when it wasn't entirely on him. Uh, but now it's Matt's turn and it is going to be amazing 
to see uh, essentially how that progresses, right? Um, the only little real bits of news that came out of these two sessions were the what sounds like real optimism for Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes to be back on the practice field prior to the end of camp. Now, you know, there's no promises here, and it's all about how they look and when they're given the green light by the medical staff, and that doesn't seem imminent sitting here on the eve of camp. But I will admit to being a bit surprised that both guys could see the practice field prior to the end of camp. And uh, given especially Stokes's injuries, uh, plural, that he suffered in that Detroit game, to even have him in the mix is going to be great. And I know it was great to see Rasul retweet a Cheesehead TV article yesterday um, when I, I, you know, I cited Bill Huber's report that, you know, if things are on track, Stokes could be back in a couple weeks. And Rasul was very excited about that, apparently. Um, so those were that, that was the one kind of bit of newsy information uh, from from those two sessions, which is not unexpected. It's very rare that they're going to lay their cards on the table um, right out the gate, so to speak. Once we have some action on the field and more things to talk about, I'm sure both gentlemen will be uh, peppered with more kind of probing questions, if you will. But I- I'm just happy and excited. How many times have we talked about here on Packers Daily the turning of the page and the start of something new, which certainly is what we are about to watch this team embark on? I, for one, am thrilled and excited and choose a word that expresses uh, hope, and I- I'm I'm probably there. So. Uh, good stuff from Matt and Brian, though not earth-shattering. And again, it wasn't expected. Uh, good to see everybody in the comment section. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, we got one super chat here from Ed. What's up, Ed? How do you think the remaining 72 Dolphins will react when the Packers go undefeated this season? Magnanimous or snarky? <laughs> I like your optimism, Ed. Good stuff. Uh, I'm sure they will be magnanimous. I have zero doubt those gentlemen will exhibit grace beyond their years, which are considerable. Um, But uh, yeah, let's beat the Bears first. How about that? Oh, interesting, John. That's a good point. Uh, John Faust says, just rewatched A-Rodge's first game as a full-time starter. The veteran O-line really hindered his game. How confident are we in the veteran O-line to help their inexperienced QB? I'm not not sure I, I understand what you're saying there, John. Hindered his game. Do you mean helped his game? hindered his game i'm not sure i understand what you're selling there but um i I think aaron was uh clearly nervous early on but i thought he settled in really well in that game as far as this offensive line really have to play out a few things yet well who who's at right tackle and i'm not sold that center has been set yet but um i tell you what there are a lot worse situations to walk into than having David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on your left side. That is such a comfort and such a boon for such a young quarterback. Um, you know, we'll see how the right side shakes out, but right now that's, that's obviously your strength and you got to think they're going to try and lean into that a little bit. Johnson. Thanks for the super chat. Meant to ask this yesterday, but what was Murph Murphy's path to his role? I know he was a solid safety in DC, but I'm blind to the in-between. Um, well, he, you know, what's funny is that, and he's talked about this, is he was a player rep when he was a player uh during the strike season. Uh, and, you know, so he was obviously very heavily involved with the NFOPA back in the day. Um, and then out of uh, out of, you know, when he retired, I know he got into sports administration 
somehow I don't remember exactly what the path was, but it did lead him to Northwestern where he was the athletic director. And, um, you know, that's why essentially what led him to eventually, you know, wanting to interview Pat Fitzgerald, which seemed to dodge a bullet there. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, no, that's as far as like he had history and experience in labor negotiations. And basically after he retired, went on, you know, the path of the business side. Um, again, I don't remember exactly what it was out of his playing days, but I do know, you know, prior to being in, uh, Green Bay, he was well-regarded as the athletic director in at Northwestern, uh, so much so that people forget that Bob Harlan at first had tabbed someone else to be the heir apparent, so to speak. And, um, you know, that kind of fell apart at the last minute because, Bob Harlan kind of realized that he had made a mistake. And, and so he went back to the drawing board. And um, I believe if I remember correctly, this is off the top of my head, but if I, I remember correctly, there was a search committee that recommended uh, Mark Murphy to Bob Harlan as uh, one of the potential candidates. And obviously Mark came in and did the rest, but um, and I'm, I know there's a lot out there as far as like things you can read. Uh, if you go to hell, if you go to Murphy's Wikipedia page, you'll probably find out. Uh, a bit of a bit of kind of the path there but um it's always fascinating to me that it almost didn't happen right and that there was kind of a reset on the search that ended up with murphy in his position that he's in now thankfully to my eyes because i think he's done a really good job keith thanks for the super sticker greatly appreciate it uh packer nation united what's up man I'm thinking Jaden reed's gonna make an imp instant impact much like dobbs last season what say you nags i Man, I've been hyping this kid up all offseason, and I'm ready to have egg in my face if he doesn't do anything because I really, really like him. I love his game. What I'm so kind of fascinated by is how he is not a Packers type. Like, you talk to anybody who covers the draft 24-7, 365, knows what the Packers are like as far as their thresholds and what they like at the position. He is not a Packers type. He's a guy that a lot of draft Knicks and even some people in the league probably didn't expect the Packers to have on their board, let alone like, you know, that they would select uh, just not their usual type. And I am fascinated to see how they utilize him because I do think you can use him in lots of different ways, not just, and I know people talk a lot about, he's going to be a slot guy, which I think he is, but I also think he's going to be utilizing that Tyler Irvin role that we saw back in 2020. I think he's going to be used traditionally on the perimeter. I think he's going to be used all over the formation. And I, I'm telling, man, this kid, he's lightning with the, the ball in his hand. He's a big play waiting to happen. And you start getting him cooking, and you got the threat of Christian Watson somewhere else on the formation. Defensive coordinator's got a lot of choices to make at that point. Oh, and then, by the way, there's Aaron Jones. So, yeah, I'm I'm hoping he hits the ground running and makes an, an early impact just to help open things up. Um, now, he is a rookie. Can't ever count on it. Right. You got to see him do it. Hell, we got to see him do it starting when the pads come on. You know, every every moment, every day, it's another step, another kind of step towards that goal. But yes, the I think his potential is pretty unlimited. Uh, I'm very excited to see him out there. Keith, thanks for the super chat, man. Hey, next random. But I was at camp last year. Curious what happened to the guy running around, setting balls and screaming plays at practice. He was there forever and the energy was different without him. It's so Funny you asked that, Keith. I literally asked Wallers about that. Jason Wallers, the head of 
communication on the football side last year about this. He it was some, if I remember right, it was some kind of medical thing uh, that basically had him out of commission for camp. I think he should be back this year, but I could not agree more with you regarding his, the lack of energy or the noticeable difference in energy without having him out there. Left hash! Left hash! That guy was the best. He is the best. Joe, thanks for the Super Chat. Promise us you'll never sell Cheesehead TV to Elon Musk. I don't know, man. Everything's got a price. I mean, I doubt we'd ever sell to anybody. Maybe. Maybe the Packers. The Packers would probably be the one entity we'd ever talk to. But outside of that, nah. Hmm. Aaron, what time is transplants? Aaron Picard. Transplants is at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Lambeau time. Be here uh, on the Cheesehead TV YouTube page. Nighthawk, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Who do you think will be the nickel once Stokes is back? Guessing they want best three on the field, even though they have mentioned they like Nixon there. Yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter, and I, you know, I put a little blurb up when I put the post at cheeseheadtv.com. What's nice, for whatever that means, what's nice about this injury to Stokes is that it gives him an opportunity to reset. We, you know, there's no secrets here. He was not having a banner second season, right? Now, to bring him back and bring him back, bring him along slowly, it's good because it allows them to have those kind of favored three, right? Heading into camp and hopefully the, the regular season. Jair and Rasul on the outside. You get Nixon at the slot, a position that Nixon's played a little bit. He's played, you know, he played a handful, you know, some snaps there last year. It wasn't his regular gig, but you did see him in that role. To get him there on the full-time basic rotation when, you know, you talk about nickel, but nickel is base now in this league. We all know that. Um, I suspect what will happen is Stokes, once he is cleared and practicing on the regular, he'll get mixed in in the dime, you know, very not liberally just uh, here or there depending on matchups what have you and then you bring him along slowly there's zero reason to force him into the lineup i think you go along in the season and if he starts playing at a high level then you start having those conversations but that's no given and that's not i'm not besmirching the young man i'm just like you got to do the work right and you never know how guys look coming off of an injury, especially early on, especially two really bad injuries like he had, you know? So I think it allows them to bring him along slowly and in a very limited capacity and also allows Nixon all the reps that he's going to need, especially when they hit the ground running in week one. I would think those guys are probably those three, Jair, Rasul, and Nixon, that's your core, at least through the first half of the season. Now, maybe at some point you make an adjustment. Stokes is playing lights out, and you're like, we got to get him on the field. Then you have those conversations. Then maybe there's a rotation between Nixon and maybe sometimes they kick Jair inside and they put Stokes and Rasul on the perimeter. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do there, but you don't have to have those conversations anywhere, anytime soon. You know, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing for Stokes' development, in my eyes. It allows him, again, to work back slowly, work on the technique, all the stuff that maybe he struggled with last year, get that down in practice, get that down in some live reps, maybe some preseason stuff, and then bring him along slowly. Like I said, in the dime, rotationally, let the kind of season progress and see where he's at. So I, like I said, I mean, it's great that he's going to be back out there. I'm very excited 
for the fact that he can practice on the stuff he needs to practice. Because as we all saw last year, there's stuff he needs to practice, stuff he needs to work on. Hopefully some livelier reps, maybe some of the joint practices, et cetera, he gets involved in. I would think hopefully by the time the Patriots are in town, he gets a little bit more look-see. Maybe get some time in preseason, you know? He's going to need it. He's going to need it. It's a good question, though, Nighthawk. I, re I really appreciate that one. Um, Andrew, thanks for Super Chat. Happy start of the season. Happy transplants. I get not overhyping Matt LaFleur's offense, but I can't wait to see Love and Matt LaFleur operate this year. Today's presser felt like a weight had been lifted. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, like I said, I was a little bit surprised by some of the candor, but um, yeah, I, it is exciting, right? It, there are unlimited ways that they could utilize Jordan differently, or at least you, you know, attack the offense differently with a different skill set at quarterback than what they had when Aaron Rodgers was in town. I don't think that's, you know, belittling anybody. I don't think that's telling tales out of school. I just think, yeah, it's exciting, especially with some of the ways you can use Jordan on the move. You know, Aaron could still scramble, could still run, could get outside the pocket, but he was not, he's not a young man anymore. You saw it a couple times last preseason when they had a couple called runs for Jordan. Pops off the screen, man. You see the difference just in young legs, right? His ability to get to the edge, get around the corner. You saw him get out of bounds smartly, you know? I'm I'm excited by that aspect. Also, for the stuff you can set up, like, say you have a keeper or you have a bootleg where it looks like he's going to run, and then, he, you know, it turns out it's a high-low progression, you know, pass on, on the perimeter. All sorts of different things you can do with it that I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Andrew. It's, it's exciting times. Abdul, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Aaron, any idea why Packers love tall old linemen? I thought that compromises your pad level. I'm not sure they love them. I think they found a few that they like, and they're letting them develop and see how they do. Um, you know, yes, it, can it be a problem at times if you're going against these guys who have super bend and are athletic and can get under your pads? And yeah, but you know, that's not to say these guys aren't athletes. You know, just because you're tall doesn't mean you're not an athlete. So I think you know, it's not like they're going, well, we need tall guys. I think they've found some tall guys who they like their athletic traits and clearly want to get them reps and get them, bring them along. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, the tackle group starting, uh, you know, tomorrow out on Nitschke Field. But I'll be there next week. Um, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's been a, a targeted thing. I think it's happened. They found some guys they like and um, they're, they're coaching them up. <laughs> Abdul. Thanks again. Can you explain 12 and 21 personnel? I can. Um, the easiest thing to, to remember is it's all about the tight end. Um, try to, I'm going to try and find a very easy uh, explanation for you. Uh, so with 12 personnel, right, you've got one running back, two tight ends, two receivers. Um, and then with 21 personnel, you've got – don't want to mess it up because if I say it wrong, everyone's going to make fun of me. Right. And then 21 personnel, you got two running backs, one tight end, and two wide receivers, um, which is basically like a pro-style offense. Uh, you're going to see th like 12 personnel, 21 personnel – very rarely you'll see like 20, 22, et cetera. Um, let me throw a link here so you guys can uh, get a good kind of handle. 
There's all sorts of websites that'll help you. Uh, I would go, I would go in, in a little bit more depth, but I know there if, inevitably when I talk ball, when I talk like scheme, uh, personnel, anything, uh, inevitably I get emails from people who do this for a living and I have misspoken so many times that I don't like, I just don't like putting that out there anymore because look, I, I can look at cover two and go, oh, that's a cover two. And then eventually someone will say, oh, actually it's a cover six because X, Y, Z. And so I, I, I don't want to give you the wrong information. Uh, but essentially, um, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, different groups throughout the skills, the skill positions um, outside of the offensive line. And uh, outside of that, read the link I just sent in there and you should get be on your way. And like I said, there are a ton of places that you can kind of get a rundown there. Uh, Michael says, Bill Huber shared a piece saying Rodgers should have more Super Bowls since he is ha a Hall of Famer. On a hunch, I checked, and only 63.7 of Hall of Fame players won a championship. Just thought it was cool. Yeah, I saw Bill's piece this morning, and yeah, the feeling would undoubtedly be, um, yeah, they, sh they, not Aaron, they should have probably won at least one more Super Bowl. But we can all point to the moments where, you know, things transpired to stop that from happening. And there are so many factors, you know, whether it was Ted's aversion to free agency and even not dipping his toe in even a little bit, which forced so many young players to play late in the season in important games, uh, whether it's the 21 different things you can point to in the Seattle NFC Championship game that ended up costing them a trip to another Super Bowl. You know, there's so many kind of factors at play there that uh, is it disappointing? No doubt. Absolutely. Zero question. Um, but hey, I'll tell you this. I spent uh, a good part of my life watching Green Bay Packers football week in and week out, uh, knowing they had little chance of getting to the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. And for the last 30 years, I've entered most seasons, not everyone, uh, most of them thinking, well, you know, they got a good shot. They got a shot at getting to the Super Bowl. Um, and they've won a boatload of games, won a boatload of games in that time. I'll take it. I'll take all those experiences, the highs and the lows. I'll take the thrills. I'll take the great plays. I'll take the big moments. I'll take Brett Favre hitting Donald Driver and an 80-yard touchdown in Champaign, Illinois, and jumping up on Corey Banke's couch up in Inwood and breaking it. Like, those are the moments, man. Those what, that's what sticks with me. Would it be? Would it have been great to celebrate a couple more Super Bowls? Yeah, of, co of course it would. But you know what you can never take away from me? Watching that first Super Bowl led by Brett, you know, Desmond Howard's return for a touchdown. Totally freaking out. By the way, I was with Corey for that one in North Carolina. Or the second one in 2010, Rodgers and the Packers against the Steelers. You know, it, at my home here in New York with my girls, they finally saw their dad enjoy a victory on the biggest stage. I was so happy. I was crying. And those are moments you'll never be able to take away from me. It's great. I, I like, yes, would be great to have a few more. I, no question about it. But the ones they won, fucking hell, man. How many fan bases would kill for that shit? So that never roughs me up. I, I get it. It's disappointing, no doubt about it. But I cherish those memories way more than I dwell on the disappointments or the what could have been. It's just me. It's just something I'm into. All right, buddy. I got to get going. I got to get ready for Packer Transplants. Please, please, please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video. 
subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. And again, as always, please, please, please join us for Packer Transplants Live, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. It's going to be a lot of fun. The return of Corey Banky on the Eva training camp. What more do you need? Thanks a lot, everybody. See you, hopefully, at Packer Transplants. And if not, have a great night. Go Pack Go. <laughs>